Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Nick had his first men's basketball season game of the year, so he will not be co-hosting with me today, but we will still get into everything Brooklyn Nets basketball. They've been playing a lot of that as of late. We will go over the Nets-Blazers game, the Nets-Pacers game, the Bucks and the Nets, as well as the Nets and the Spurs but we want to start you off on this Monday night, Tuesday morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening, and just say welcome to 2022. We are in the new year. This is our second episode, episode 93. I just want to take a second and thank all the people who listen to our show on the regular, everyone who fucks with our content on the Fireside Nets Twitter, on Fireside Nets Instagram. I know we haven't been super... uh, relevant on TikTok or Facebook, but we're on those platforms as well. To everyone who subscribes to the show and listens weekly, maybe you've listened to one episode, maybe this is your first episode ever. We appreciate you as a listener uh, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Nick's heart and, and Empire Sports Media. We all thank you guys very much. And we enjoy bringing you Nets content on the regular every single week. And we don't miss an episode. If Nick's out, I usually record. If I'm out, Nobody records. That's just the way it goes. I'm here to give you Nets content as much as I can, as long as I'm breathing. That's what I'm going to do. All right, we're going to start tonight's episode with my Nets Blazers reaction, but I am recording half this podcast before the game. It starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time, so I'll put my reaction to that game right here. Portland 114, Brooklyn 108. That is the final score. It is 12.30 a.m. on Tuesday morning. I am upset. I'm pissed off. I'm tired. But I'm here to give you my reaction to that Trailblazers-Nets game. First of all, I want to start by saying I know that the Nets played at home yesterday or, or Sunday at noon. I get it. They had to take a flight to Portland, Oregon, not the it's a pretty cool city. I don't want to say not the coolest city in the world, but I don't think that, you know, a bunch of guys in the Nets are looking forward to going to Portland, Oregon, unless they're from there or they have friends there. I get that it was a long flight, and, and I understand maybe that was a slight disadvantage. But at the end of the day, basketball is basketball, okay? I don't want to take anything away from Anthony Simons. Dude is a straight baller. Had himself a game. 23 points, 11 assists. He controlled the game. Like he he was the guy, so I give him credit. Ben McElmore went a little crazy there at the end. I mean, I don't know how many threes he hit. He finished with five threes on the game, five of eight from three, six of eleven from the field. He finished with twenty. Um, he was a plus seventeen, the highest on their team, and he pretty much, if Anthony Simons dug the Nets' grave, then Ben McElmore threw their dead body in that grave. Um, this is a tough tough loss, man. The Trailblazers are not a good team. Damian Lillard might not play the rest of the season. CJ McCollum had that was a collapsed lung issue. He's had some serious health issues. It's it's not 100% that he's coming back anytime soon. 
This is a Trailblazers team that is at the bottom of the league. And you will hear me preach later in the episode. This is an instance and an example of the Nets playing down to their competition. You're going to hear that phrase a hundred times after this. I'm sorry. I had to record the other half of the podcast first because I don't want to do the whole thing at midnight. Because I'm a really good strategist or strategist. But we'll, we'll go quarter by quarter real quick. I mean, the first quarter, a lot of the same. Duke Jr., Claxton, KD, Kyrie, Bembry. Why Nash would start three guys that really can't create off the dribble, can't hit the open three. I mean, Duke had one. He was one of two from three, but he didn't do much in 13 minutes. Um, I don't know why Nash continues to start him. You have guys like Kessler Edwards, Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, James Johnson. All four of those guys just make more sense, especially if you're going to play Bembry. You're going to play Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Fine. You can throw in Duke, David Duke Jr. It doesn't matter as much. When you're depending on guys outside of KD and Kyrie, and that's what this game came down to, okay? I'm not going to blame KD. He shot 9 of 19 from the field. That's above – it's close to 50%. 28 points, 10 rebounds, two turnovers. Not going to blame Kyrie Irvin, although 9 of 21 looks whatever. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists in his second game back, okay? And it's going to be hard for Kyrie to develop a rhythm when you're having a 3-5 to five day layoff because you haven't played an away game in a while. It's not his fault. It's just, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Imagine playing a game once every three or four days, once every seven days, whatever the case may be. I know they, they have a ton of games on the road in these next few weeks, so he'll be playing a lot, but he hasn't played since the last Tuesday or Wednesday when they played the Pacers. It's, it's been a minute. But he still put up 22. He was still good enough. And KD was good enough. Cam Thomas a guy who I I really want to get more minutes. He played 26 minutes in this game. That was the third most on the team. Uh, Kyrie was second with 39 minutes, and KD was first with 42 minutes. Um, But Cam Thomas had 21 points, 8 of 12 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3. A really good night for Cam Thomas. He had uh, two, three steals. Who knew? Cam Thomas on the defensive side of the ball. Dayron Sharp, if you had to pick a fourth star for the Nets, Dayron Sharp came in because Nick Claxton got in early foul trouble. He had three fouls in the first half. And then Blake Griffin came in. It was ineffective. 0-4 from the field in 11 minutes. He was a minus 11 in this game. David Duke Jr. was a minus 11 in this game. Kevin Durant was a minus 15. That's because he played 42 minutes. <sighs> Kyrie Irvin was a zero, if that, that means anything. But Dayron Sharp was a plus 14. The Nets were 14 points better when Dayron Sharp played in this one. He provided an energy off the bench. He was able not to shut down Nurkic, but at least frustrate Nurkic a little bit, bang with him more than Claxton was able to. Um, In 24 minutes, Dayron Sharp had 14 points, seven rebounds, and three blocks. A few turnovers, but he hasn't played a lot this season. I'm not going to kill him for the turnovers. So those are your four guys, right? Durant with 28, Kyrie with 22, Cam with 21, and Sharp with 14. Outside of those four guys, nobody scored. I mean, virtually nobody. Patty Mills had three points in 31 minutes. That's unacceptable. That is not, it's it's just not right. He is supposed to be a sixth man of the year candidate when, when he was coming off the bench. 
It's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Three points in 31 minutes, one of five from the field, one of three from three is unacceptable. Kessler Edwards, five points in 15 minutes. I thought he should have played more. I think he's a guy who probably should have took David Duke Jr.'s minutes, should have taken James Johnson minutes. And, you know, they, they finished this game. They shot 12 of 32 from three, 38%. It's not great. Um, it's not good either. 46% from the field, uh, 12 of 15 from the line. Um, what bothers me is is they had a bad first quarter because they fouled the Trailblazers a million times. Is what it is. The second quarter, they picked it up. They outscored Portland 36 to 22. That was their best quarter. Then all of a sudden, the third quarter happens, and Portland just smacks them in the mouth the entire quarter. And the Nets were never able to come back from that. It would be a Nasir Little three or or a, a, a Yusuf Nurkic basket or a Covington three. By the way, Robert Covington always kills us. Finished with 21 points, six of nine from the field, five of seven from, the, from three. The Trailblazers were 15 of 38 from, from three for 39.5%. They shot better than us at, at three. I mean, uh, you know, the turnover numbers around the same. We had 15. They had, they had 13. Uh, rebounds, we had 42. They had 47. But they're starting five. with, with or, or I guess, yeah, this was their starting five. Simons, 23 points. Macklemore, 20 points. Covington, 21 points. Nurkic, 14 points. And Nurkic killed us. We have a problem, especially when Aldridge is out covering the paint. If it's a big center like Nurkic, he pissed off Claxton. He got him in foul trouble. After Claxton with no L.A., we have, you know we were forced to play Sharp, and, and Sharp stepped up to the challenge. But who knows if Sharp's really going to crack the rotation once Aldridge is back. But the Nets struggled. To, to, to stop Nurkic in, in, in that first half. Um, Little with 13 and Covington with 21. So, so, so like I said, the first half, the Nets get that second quarter. The, thir- the third quarter, we get punched in the mouth. And then the fourth quarter happens. And we just we couldn't cover that gap that was created in the third quarter. We just couldn't do it. We ended up both scoring 27 in the fourth. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can only do so much. Okay, and I'm not even going to blame Cam Thomas here because he he had a great game in the 26 minutes he played. I thought he should have played more. Um, But these role players for the Nets are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay, Nick Claxton had two points tonight. It's bad. David Duke Jr., five points. Benbury, four points. Blake Griffin, zero. James Johnson, four. They got to do more. And, And Steve Nash has to figure out a way to energize this defense because they could not stop the Blazers. They could not stop Anthony Simons. They could not stop Ben McElmore. They couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed. It's tired. It's tired. It's late. I'm tired. I'm ranting. And and that's all I got to say about this game. Okay? The Stars can only do so much. Steve Nash gets zero blame from me other than the starting lineup, which needs to change. Get David Duke Jr. out of there, please. But the role players, the Patty Mills, the Bembrys, this guy's got to pick it up. Otherwise, the Nets are going to keep getting beat by these teams that just want to prove. Even though we're at the bottom of the league, we have pride in the way we play basketball. We can We can beat you guys. 
KD, you want to go for 30? Kyrie, you want to go for, for 25? Fine. We're going to shut down the rest of your team. And it, unless something changes, that's what you're going to see. I, I was disgusted by this game. There's a lot of losses in these last few weeks. I'm not used to it. So this is how I handle it. I'm going to cry and, and whine and complain about the Nets until they pick it up. All right. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks for listening to this reaction. All right. And thank you for listening to that reaction to the Nets Blazers game late Monday night. The game ended very late. So I had to give a reaction on this show as I always do. And I probably was very tired when I did it. We're going to move on. I'm going to go all the way back to last week. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm, I'm not really sure. The days seem kind of hazy to me at this point, but we played a Pacers team at home. I'm sorry, away. And this was Kyrie Irving's debut. So he had not played all season. This was his first game back. And boy, oh boy, did he make an impact. 22 points and some huge second half buckets. And I'll tell you this. Him and Klay Thompson's returns were both everything as advertised. Both guys looked like they didn't miss a step. I mean, Kyrie put up 22 on 17 shots in his return, and he played 32 minutes. Klay Thompson, I think, had 17 points on 18 shots in 20 minutes. Uh, you love to see it from both guys, although one's coming back from a devastating injury and one is coming back uh, because his team decided that he's able to play away games. Nevertheless, Kyrie was doing it all. I, I mean, every single bucket was special, right? He had the buzzer beater to end the third quarter, a little mid-range jump shot. He had a ton of fast break layups uh, in traffic, maneuvering his body so he protects the ball and gets up a clean look. No three-pointers in this one for Kyrie, but he did go to the line four times. Uh, that was the third most on the team. And he, he gave you everything you thought that he was going to give you when Kyrie's healthy. It was, it, it's not like you know, the James Harden drop-off from last year, right? We're, we're seeing Harden night in, night out, is not playing as well as he did last year. Wasn't the case with Kyrie. Kyrie looked like he hadn't missed a beat. He looked phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, in, in regards to the game, this was the tale of two halves for the Brooklyn Nets. They got outscored in the first two quarters, 37-32 and 36-28 to a Pacers team. A Pacers team that was playing without puts on glasses to read a long list of important names, Karis LeVert, Chris Duarte, Tory Craig. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing it to Malcolm Brogdon's another one. There, there were a lot of guys absent from this game. They did have Miles Turner. They did have Demonitas Sabonis, and they did have Lance Stevenson. This was one of the most wild games I, I've been a part of because it consisted of Lance Stevenson scoring like 22 points in the first quarter or something along those lines. He finished with 30 for the game. I've never seen Lance Stevenson shoot this well from the field in my life. He was 12 of 19, four of eight from three, two of two from the line. Uh, the Nets couldn't stop this guy at all. It was insane. A Lance Stevenson who has played like nine games this season. I think seven or eight of them were for the Hawks. Um, just insane that he went off, but Sabonis did his thing. 32, 12, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, triple double for Domitas Sabonis. Um, and, and Miles Turner had 14 points as well. Oh, and I'm missing, uh, the player that had 18 points for the Indiana Pacers. And that was the person with 18 was, was Sykes actually Sykes had a very, very good game. He played Kiefer Sykes played, uh, 40 minutes. He had 18 points and, and the Pacers have guaranteed his contract for the rest of the year. But on the net side, the, the second half, they got it going. 
They outscored the Pacers 34 to 28 in the third and then 35 to 20 in the fourth. Kyrie was part of some huge fourth quarter buckets to, to essentially close the game out. Kevin Durant was the high man with 39 points, 15 of 24 from the field, two of six from three, seven of seven from the free throw line. He had eight rebounds and seven assists. Uh, I, I mean, this, this Pacers team couldn't stop Durant. They couldn't stop Kyrie. Harden, okay game for him. Quiet, 18 points, eight of 10 from the line, five of 12 from the field. Again, this is supposed to be your two, your second best player on the team. But right now he's playing like the third um, when Kyrie's healthy. Aldridge came off the bench, gave you 13. Bembry, so so DeAndre Bembry was a, a ridiculous plus 24 from the field. And Nash has been doing this thing, and I want to get to this in a little bit. You know, why have the Nets struggled as of late? Is it because the players aren't giving the effort? Or is it because the players aren't executing? Or does it have to do with coaching? Is it because Steve Nash isn't putting the right guys in, in the right places to succeed? And for me, a big problem with what he's done is, is recently he's, he's tried starting David Duke. Nothing against David Duke Jr. I, I like David Duke Jr. coming out of Providence. He was huge in that stretch where we didn't have James Harden. We had a ton of guys in COVID protocol. He helped us win some, some big games. Um, the Raptors game and the Sixers game come to mind. He was huge in one of those. But nothing against this man. He is an undrafted rookie, okay? He is someone that, you know – I'm not going to say it was a fluke. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it was a small chance that he was going to make this roster. And he did. He beat out guys. He had, he had a great summer league. And he beat out a lot of guys to secure that roster spot. But there are a lot of veterans on this team. Bruce Brown. DeAndre Bembry. Uh, uh, Patty Mills, who did start. But, you know, you can you can even go LaMarcus Aldridge and Nick Claxton. You can even go Blake Griffin. You can go Kessler Edwards, another rookie but he is more of an NBA-ready player than David Duke. So Steve Nash started David Duke in this game, and, and that, to me, was why Brooklyn got off to such a bad first half. Then you put in DeAndre Bembry in the second half, and all of a sudden, everything starts to click. The offense starts working. You start to get stops on defense. It makes life a little bit tougher for the Pacers to score. Before you know it, uh, you're essentially winning this game by the end of the third quarter. Or you were only down a few points, and then in the, in the fourth, you ran away with it. Um, I need Nash to be a little bit better with these lineups. He just has to be. If you have a guy in Bembry who you know is an energy guy, or you have a guy in Cam Thomas, now we will get to that Spurs game. We will get to the overtime bucket that Cam Thomas hit, the little floater that sealed the game for the Nets. But you have so much talent on this roster. Even James Johnson would work in David Duke Jr.'s starting role. It just it doesn't make sense. He only played 18 minutes in this game. Uh, Bembry ended up playing 20 minutes. And like I said, he was a plus 24, uh, outside of that, no one really, you know, Aldridge had 13 points off the bench, six or seven from the field. I mentioned that quiet game for Patty Mills, six points for him. He has not shot the ball. Well, these last few games, uh, 12 points for Claxton. He came up big in that second half as well. A few big buckets. And, you know, this is a game that the Nets needed to win. You're on a, a little bit of a losing streak. Um, at home, I'm sorry, you were, you were, you were on a losing, were you on a losing streak? No, this prompted, I guess, was this, let's see, you had lost three straight. Yeah. You had lost to the Grizzlies. You had lost to the Clippers. You had lost to the Sixers. This would have been your fourth straight loss. So you needed to win this game, um, against the Pacers team that was undermanned and you did, you did what you're supposed to do. So kudos to the Nets for the win. Kyrie Irvin, Kevin Durant were your two stars in this one. DeAndre Bembry actually was probably the first star, but I'll give him the third star because he didn't score as many points as Irvin or Durant. Uh, but his plus minus was definitely more than those guys. All right. 
We move on to a disappointing game. And this is what I mean by I don't want to put all the blame on Nash because I don't think it's 100% his fault. But you played a Bucks team who embarrassed you in you know, the beginning of the year. They flat out embarrassed you. And you have them at home. And what do you do? You lay an egg. You let Giannis go for 31, nine assists, seven rebounds. He was 11 of 17 from the field. Didn't really need to play in the fourth because the game was essentially over. You let Bobby Portis kill you from the field. 25 points, 12 rebounds. Bobby Portis was a plus 27 in this game. If you're talking about plus minuses. That's not good if you're the Nets. 9 of 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 5 of 5 from the line. Middleton chipped in 20. Uh, Nuwara had 13. And Wesley Matthews had 12. The only other guy in double figures for the Bucks was Rodney Hood with 10. But this wasn't a game. I mean, they absolutely dominated the Nets in the first half. You know, in that third quarter, they beat up, they beat up on the Nets 38 to 31. And you look at the Nets box score, again, Kevin Durant, 29 points. Obviously, he's going to get you 30. Where are the other points coming from? James Harden, 16 points. It's not good enough. Okay, 6 of 15 from the field. This was a bad James Harden game. He got a lot of slander from this. Nick Claxton, 14 points, 6 of 9 from the field. Nick Claxton was your third leading scorer. Okay, after those three guys, guess how many nets were in double figures? The answer is zero. David Duke Jr., 7 points. Bruce Brown, 7. Dayron Sharp, 6. James Johnson, 6. Mark Saldridge, two. Cam Thomas, I'm sorry. Cam Thomas was in double figures. He had 14 points. He was 6 of 12 from the field. Um, but it's not enough. You can't shoot 22% from three. That's abysmal, okay? You can't turn the ball over. They only turned the ball over 10 times, so they matched in turnovers. Um, let's look at the rebounding number. They out-rebounded the Bucs. Uh, but that that three-point field goal percentage, that, that was a big discrepancy. The Nets shot 22% to the Bucs, 36%. The Bucks went to the line the same amount of times as the Nets, um, but it was the starters. The starters for the Bucks. Everybody was in double figures. You had three guys with twenty plus, one guy with thirty plus, um, and that's unacceptable if you're the Nets. It's unacceptable to get smacked at home, and that to me is an effort thing, right? You know, you can't underestimate the Bucks because the Bucks have beaten the crap out of you the majority of times you guys have played. They just beat you last year in the playoffs in seven games. They beat you in the beginning of the regular season. If you're the Nets, I mean, Steve Nash can only set the lineup up so perfectly, but when are you actually going to step up and say, we can compete with the likes of Milwaukee and Golden State and Phoenix and Chicago? Because they've amounted a lot of losses against these top-tier teams, and it's unacceptable, okay? You're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. Kevin Durant... I am told is the best basketball player in the league. And I, be I believe that. I truly believe he is. But you can't be losing to guys like Giannis and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, not to take anything away from these guys because they're great. Giannis is a top, arguably a top two player in the league, if not top three. A lot of people want to give Giannis the MVP right now, but you have to be a better team at home. You, you have to, okay? You have to be able to match up and show up for games against the top-tier teams in the league if you want to win a championship. Guess what? If you keep losing these games, come playoff time, A, you're going to have a, a two or three seed. You're not going to have the one seed. And if you do have the one seed, Milwaukee's not going to be scared of you. Chicago, Philadelphia, Miami, these teams won't be scared of you because they've beaten you in the regular season. And I understand the playoffs are different, but let's be real. Is James Harden, do we think right now, the way he's playing, 
he's just going to automatically be money in the playoffs. I can't, I can't say that confidently. I don't, I don't know if that's true. His three point shooting has been some of the worst in his career. I don't know. Is it Nash? Is it Nash's fault that these guys didn't show up? I don't think so. I don't think Steve Nash controls whether or not the effort is there for these guys, whether or not they can show up to big games. That's on them. That's on Kevin Durant and James Harden as the leaders of this, that team, this team. That's on Patty Mills. Supposed to be one of the tough-nosed veteran guys coming from the Spurs. Really, Patty? You put up six, three, three points in this Bucks game. You had three, you were one of eight from the field, one of six at home. I need more. I need more from this team. So we're not gonna dive into the nitty-gritty of this game. I don't think it's worth it because we got spanked. We got absolutely spanked. You had Thonis Antetokounmpo coming in in garbage time and flexing on us. Okay? That's what it was. You got punked again by a really good team. And I'm I'm honest with you guys. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of this Nets team getting punked by teams that they should be as good as, if not better. All right. We'll end the show on a positive note. You know, the Nets played the Spurs on Sunday. It was a noon game. Weird game. Very weird game. Um, Brooklyn was up for, you know, a, a lot of this game. They outscored. The Spurs, so the, the game was tied after one, 32-32. Lonnie Walker came out and did not miss for the Spurs. Him and him and Murray were lights out in that first quarter. I think, I think Lonnie Walker had like 12 points at something, and Brooklyn had 11. Um, he finished with 25 for the game. Uh, the second quarter, Brooklyn outscored San Antonio 28-19. to And, um, you know, they went on a 19-2 to run in that quarter. I, I mean, I, I was very impressed with the – the energy that Nick Claxton gave this team. Claxton had a team high, I'm sorry, a career high 14 rebounds in this one, added on 16 points. He was upset because he didn't have any blocks. He said he needs to do a better job of protecting the rim, um, but he was great in this one. James Harden, solid game for Harden, 26 points, 12 assists, 9 of 18 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 6 of 7 from uh, the free throw line. He had some big shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, even though the Nets were outscored, they only put up 22 points in the third quarter. I'm sorry, in the fourth quarter, they were outscored 24 to 22. The game had to go to overtime, and and overtime was was where we had the brilliance of Cam Thomas. So KD, who had 28 for the game, 11 of 21 from the field, five of five from the line, pretty good game for Kevin Durant. Um, you know, game on the line, tie game. He's double teamed. He gives it to Cam Thomas. What does Cam Thomas do? Few dribbles, little floater in the lang, hits it. This kid is a bona fide scorer, okay? He's, he, I don't want to call him clutch yet. I mean, he's one for one in those clutch situations, but he is someone who can get you a bucket. He can make something out of nothing. And Steve Nash has to start playing Cam Thomas. I, I truly think this. If you're, if you're not going to get Joe Harris back for a little bit, play Cam Thomas in Kyrie Irving's role. Do it. Do it. Put him in with James Harden and Kevin Durant. They have the confidence in him. I mean, if you watch that floater, there was no doubt that shot was going in. It was a beautiful shot. It was going horizontally across the lane, one-footed floater, and he was the one who hit the shot. Not Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant made the smart play and passed it to the double team. Wasn't James Harden, who had a very good fourth quarter. I mean, he really was, you know, the guy who who, who did it for the Nets in that fourth when they, they weren't really able to score in that fourth. Because they were up 10 with about three minutes left. The Spurs were able to come back and tie the game. Wasn't anybody on this team. You didn't have Kyrie. This was a home game. So you depended on a guy in Cam Thomas to hit a big shot, and he did. Credit to Steve Nash for having him in in that situation. 
credit to Cam Thomas for making that shot and basically earning the trust of his teammates because he had to he had to earn Katie's trust in order to be in that situation and get that opportunity. So kudos to him, kudos to Steve Nash. Um, this should not have been a two point game or a two point win in overtime. We should have ended this in regulation, but unfortunately, the Nets they love playing down to their competition. And I know I seem like I'm ripping on the Nets in this episode. And it's because I am. I am. I, I try to be positive. I try to be optimistic. I try not to be, you know, a negative person or a pessimistic fan. I think that it's a, it's a, it's an illness if you're always nitpicking and criticizing, especially when your teams are great. And I don't want to take away anything from this team or this win because winning a basketball game in the NBA, no matter who you're playing, it's not easy. But having said all that, there's so much talent on this team. And what bothers me is even without Kyrie Irving, they tend to play down to teams like the Spurs. Spurs are 15 and 24 after this game, 8 and 14 on the road. Um, you look at their roster, they have a bunch of good guys. You know, Lonnie Walker's a good player, 25 for him, I mentioned. DeJounte Murray finished with 19 points, 12 assists, nine rebounds. He had some big shots for them. Yakov Pertle, solid, solid player. He had 11. Uh, Bates Diop had 10, Josh Primo had 12, he's four of 16 from the field, but I think he had a huge shot in the fourth. Uh, Bryn Forbes came off the bench with 18, uh, Forbes won a championship with the Bucks last season. Uh, I believe he did. I think he did. Right. Even though he didn't really play that much. And, um, so I'm not, I'm not saying the Spurs don't have any players. They don't have any all-stars. They're not as talented as, as the Nets by any stretch. And, and the Nets should have won this game by double, double digits. But because they, what bothers me is they play down to their competition. They make these games close. But when they play the Bucks and the Suns and the Warriors, they don't play up to their competition. You know the teams that they love to play? The Knicks. The teams that are right in that middle ground, right? The Mavericks. They like to play the Mavericks because the Mavericks are a five or six seed because you know they're not as good as the Nets, but they're not as, as desperate as a team like the Spurs. And that bothers me. That really bothers me. Because either you should beat who you need to beat and you should beat them handedly, or you play down to competition, but you show up for big games, or you do both. But you can't not show up to big games and then play down to lesser competition. It's a bad look. I don't think I'm I'm being, you know, a nitpicking person right here. I, I think I'm just speaking facts. And I think every Nets fan wishes that games against the Spurs and games against the Pistons and games against the bottom half of the league, the list goes on and on and on. I bet they wish these games weren't so stressful. All right. I, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here, but we got the win. Great win. Again, another situation, David Duke Jr., 17 minutes, six points. He started this game. Steve Nash has to change that. Maybe he changes it against Portland. I don't know. We'll see. Um, if, if, you know, you've already heard my take on Portland, we are, I already watched that game, gave my analysis, but hasn't happened yet. And right now, as I'm recording, uh, James Harden's out by the way, for the Portland game, you guys already knew that you watched the game. I'm going to stop talking about it because I sound like an idiot. All right. That does it for this week's episode of fireside nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by empire sports media. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm sorry. This was a Spenny solo dolo episode. Let me know what you think. Shoot me a message on, on Twitter at Fireside Nets. If you guys have any ideas for segments, um, you can always ask me questions. I will always read any, any of your questions on the show the next week. Uh, probably should do a segment or something where you guys are able to give me your questions and I read them. 
I just felt kind of lazy this week. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a tough start to January. The weather's freezing. It's cold outside. Everybody's getting COVID still. I'm not able to go shoot hoops at the local outdoor courts because it's zero degrees outside. Meanwhile, my brother is, is hooping somewhere in Brooklyn with a bunch of his friends. So there you go. I'm, I'm here doing a Nets podcast, complaining about the team that I love, and he's out there hooping with guys like Sieves and guys like Eli and Eric. The list goes on and on. But I digress. Thanks for listening. And as always, I got you on the fireside.